This is the Movie Theater Butter Podcast, where we talk about stories made into movies and what was modified for the big screen. As a warning, this episode will discuss the plot of both the movie and its original source material, so be ready for spoilers. I'm your host, Kim Labick, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. It is me, your friendly neighborhood who, Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> hey, that kind of rhymed. Uh, and I am the Grinch. And today we're talking about me, the Grinch. Wow. Of course, always so full of yourself. That's just how it be, man. That's yeah. True. So today we're going to be talking about the Grinch, mostly kind of like the two big names that we all know, the Jim Carrey live action film from 2000 and the more recent animated film from 2018 with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. No bad things about the movie. It was just super weird hearing like starting the movie and he's just talking and I was like, that's not the Grinch's voice. So it took me like a minute to get used to it because he does sound like so different. Obviously, I'm so used to the Jim Carrey voice, but I was like, okay, this is fine. Like after a few minutes, I just got used to it. You know, it was like, yeah, I think that's kind of how the whole film really unravels is because our generation is so used to Jim Carrey being the Grinch. And like, you know, even when we knew that the animated movie was coming out, we were all like, what? Like, why? You know? The Jim Carrey one is so right. special to all of us. They're like, why were we doing a new one? But yeah, it's just all about exactly. like bringing the new generation of kids into not being such a Grinch. Yeah, for sure. That's like big thing in this entire movie, I feel like, is it's modernized and made for the next generation of kids mm-hmm. because they might not be able to relate to the 2000 version as much as we could because we watched it growing up. I mean, they can obviously still watch it. It's a lot different knowing, okay, I was born before this movie came out or being like, this movie came out 15 years before I was born. Sometimes that makes it like an automatic disconnect from like relating to the movie, I feel like. Right, right. So we want it to be relatable to the the kids, the new kids these days, mm-hmm. those uh, fucking youngsters. Uh, But we also, you know, any production company just wants to make more money. So really, that's at the heart of this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that I mean, that's obviously always the case whenever they reboot a movie or make an animated version, make a live action version. They just want more money off of a story that people know and love. But I felt like it was so clear in this movie, like, how much they wanted it to seem so, like, modern they made it as modern as they could. So, like, he had, like, a lot of, like, tech kind of stuff. Even when he's going around and, like, stealing Christmas, all of the things he's using is so, like, tech savvy. And, like, they were all so cool. And I'm like, this is, mm-hmm. he's not even doing anything. It's just all of the tools doing <laughs> yeah. everything for him. But also, like, when they sang You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, the new version of the song for the 2018 movie was very different than the original song. The words were the same, I believe, all of them. Maybe they changed a little bit, but definitely the style of how it was sung was, like, super different. Yeah, it's... And, like, I feel bad. I didn't really like the new version of that song. I don't know. It was, like, a little jazzy. And yeah, it would have been cool, like, on its own if it was something mm-hmm. separate. But in the context of this film, I was like, mm. I I get that. I, I kind of would have liked if they kept the original version because it would have kind of 
gave more of a link back to it instead of like this movie's different when it's it's not you're telling the same story like whether you change some things they didn't change enough for it to be a completely different movie obviously like i did like the song i don't know man this is maybe this is maybe like the grinch in me but i feel like this movie was a lot different than the live action kind of but i mean you know i guess you're right in the fact that it is like the same overall concept yeah yeah obviously they did change lots of things but grinch hates christmas he steals it from all of these who's and then he gives it back it's like the same in that concept of it but honestly i i didn't like the new movie as much but i think that's just because i grew up on the 2000 version and like I've known that one for so much longer and I feel like the 2000 version is a lot more relatable to like us now like Mm -hmm. maybe not so much as when I was a kid but we just watched it the other night and we were all just dying because I just relate to the Grinch so much like he's just such a cool character and he's so funny but like the animated one I just didn't feel the same about the Grinch like I still liked his character. He still, like, he wasn't necessarily mean, I would say. He didn't seem very mean. He wasn't nasty. (laughs) Jim Carrey Grinch is kind of nasty. Before before I get into, like, a five-paragraph essay of, like, supporting your argument here of why I feel like Mm -hmm. um, the live-action Grinch did a better job of the story overall, yeah, but, like, real quick before we hit that, do you have a favorite quote? So um, my favorite quote is actually in the original Dr. Seuss book, and it's used in the 2000 movie. I, however, did not hear it in the new Grinch movie. I don't know, because it was at the end of the book. It was at the end of the 2000 movie. So I just feel like it would have been like a really good like connector of the three to use it at the end. But uh, my favorite quote is, when he's standing on the hill and he like realizes after the who's are singing like it's not about the presents he says maybe christmas doesn't come from a store maybe christmas means a little bit more which i just really love because i am a person who really loves christmas but could care less about the gifts mm-hmm. i love giving people gifts but literally i wouldn't care if i didn't get anything and i'm not just saying that like i would i would be like Okay, cool. Like you showed up here. We got to hang out. We had fun. Like that's all I care about. All right, I'm going to I'm going to throw away your Christmas present then. <laughs> that's fine. I'll still send you yours though. Oh, stop. Of course. <laughs> that was very typical Grinch fashion of you to say that. You're going to throw away my Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, but I just really like that line and I think it's very accurate like especially as you get older, you start to realize how much Christmas isn't about the presents. And Mm -hmm. it's just about, like, the time that you get to spend and, like, just the feeling throughout the entire season to me, like, kind of amplifies, you know, I don't really care what the gift is. All I want to do is just hang out. Damn. That's nice, man. And I like how, again, in more of, like, a Cindy Lou fashion, your quote is, like, the more positive one. And then... Right. And then my, my favorite quote was from the Jim Carrey live action. He's talking to Max and Max is like, you know, his dog and he's got like the red nose on right. and the antler. Uh, and he's like reading him his motivation for being Rudolph, basically. 
He's like, all right, you're a reindeer. Here's your motivation. You know, blah, blah, blah. Your name is Rudolph. You're a freak with a red nose. No one likes you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Max not or Max knocks the red nose off. And then the Grinch goes, brilliant. You reject your own nose because it represents the glitter of commercialism. Why didn't I think of that? Cut, print, check the gate, moving on. That is truly like such a fantastic scene. I do love that. There's so many quotes from this movie that are like my favorite, but I was like, let me pick the the generic one that has like, oh, the message behind it. And it's all like <laughs> sweet. And they, if I were to go through and write down all of the lines that I just absolutely love, especially from the 2000 movie, it would fill an entire notebook. It'd like, be the it'd whole be script. the entire script. Yeah. Just anytime <laughs> he's, he's in a scene, that's it. Well, and especially with this one, I loved how like meta it was, how he's basically being like a film director to Max at that point. And he's like, exactly explaining, you know, it representing commercialism and, and obviously like that's part of the Grinch's whole thing. Yeah. They tend to break the fourth wall in this, but I do like when they do that in movies. I do think it's funny, especially in like a comedy sense, like. It's not going to ruin the movie. If you did that in the middle like of an action sequence in like a <laughs> very serious movie, it would be super weird. Except for Deadpool. Although, here's the thing. I feel like I'm going to like devil's advocate for a minute. I I really like the Deadpool movies, uh, but I think that the fourth wall stuff kind of gets like overdone. They do tend to break the fourth wall like a little bit too much to where you're almost drawn away from like whatever's going on in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Part of the reason why breaking the fourth wall is so funny normally is because uh, it's not done frequently. So like, for instance, in The Grinch, when it's only done like less than a handful of times, it's funny because you're like not really expecting it. Whereas, and again, like Deadpool is great and like part of his whole thing is breaking the fourth wall. But that's where I feel like it did kind of do itself a disservice by like, making it less and less funny the more you do it with anything that they do in a comedy it eventually gets old so you have to keep changing it up otherwise people are going to be like okay we've seen this you've done this like let's do something else right um talking about just movies in general movie adaptations which is what this is all about so dr seuss was very like anti-hollywood like he didn't really like movies and everything that hollywood was doing at the time and so it was kind of difficult to be able to convince him to like hand over the rights so that a movie could be made originally. And while we're on that note, the first film adaptation of The Grinch was actually in 1966. And it was hard enough to get Dr. Seuss to agree to that. And then, of course, now we have two more movies and all other like little short films right. and stuff here and there. It's everywhere. I was reading about that one in 1966 because that's when they... Um made the song you're a mean one mr grinch and mm -hmm. um the lyrics were actually written by dr seuss which i think is really cool especially if he's so like anti making movies about his work and stuff that he not only let them make a movie about it but then he was like yeah i'll write you a song too why not mm -hmm. but i think it's probably just because of his love of his own characters i'm sure right and mm -hmm. i I do think that song is fantastic. I love that random song to sing. And it wasn't so, I don't want to say so Christian, but <laughs> most Christmas <laughs> songs are very Christian. So it's like, mm -hmm. sometimes it's a little nice, you know, get away from it. Oh yeah, completely agree. 
So um, last thing I'll say kind of about the historical context is the original Dr. Seuss book was written in 1957. So really, I, for some reason, I thought it was longer ago. Like I thought it would be like earlier than that, but I guess the 50s kind of makes sense for like Seuss time. I feel like all of these books were written so long ago, but at the same time, they don't ever feel like super old just because of how like whimsical and stuff they are that they've aged quite well to where I read them as a child, even though like Dr. Seuss books were written in like the 50s, there wasn't a huge like disconnect just because of the characters he invents and how whimsical the whole thing is. Kind of surprised to find out it was 1957 just because my brain can never remember like what era these are actually from. (laughs) Right. It really does feel more like a 1956 book, you know, when you read it. For sure. I was thinking Mm -hmm. 58, but... I guess 56, like I get it. That was like yesterday. I know. I feel like I was born in 58. (laughs) God, oh my, I would be dead, (laughs) probably. Uh, Anyway. Not necessarily, (laughs) but okay. I can't, I can't math that quickly. In my mind, I'm like 50s. Wow, people are, no one alive today. No one is alive today that was born in the 50s, but that is not true. (laughs) 100% not true. Humans have a have a pretty long lifespan. Uh, and anyways, back to Grinch. Um, so, did you know that the Grinch is apparently fifty three years old? Is he? Whoa, I didn't know that. It it was either in the book or the two thousand movie. It said that he had sat on the hill hating Christmas for fifty three years. Oh my God! Wait, so he was born technically before the book came out. Well, wait, are, we're talking about live action Grinch, right? Is that? Live action Grinch is fifty three. I Gary. I can't. I can't remember what one it was in. If it was in, the, I forgot to write it down. It was either in the book, or in the two thousand movie. Oh, you know what? I think it was the book because I also wanted to say. Um, I remember when I was looking into this, Doctor Seuss based the character of the Grinch kind of on himself, because he was kind of against the commercialism. Uh, of Christmas and he wasn't really in the holiday spirit a lot Um, and just kind of when he was more down and cynical and negative he kind of created this character of Grinch based off of himself so I bet that that 53 years I bet that was his age when he wrote the book probably I heard that and I was like wait 53 that makes no sense like he's (laughs) way older than I guessed but I mean it's kind of hard to tell he had those wrinkles when he was a baby too so it's like (laughs) oh man and that brings us into breaking down you know all of the differences between these two films specifically the live action and the recent animated film um and i want to start with like you're saying when he's a kid when he's a baby the the origin stories of these two grinches are so vastly different for one like the animated film He doesn't really have a background. His only background is, like, one quick clip where they mention, like, he was a sad, lonely orphan. Moving on. Right. I feel like kind of does the movie a disservice because you kind of like to see where it came from. Like, to know why he's doing this and see, like, what happened to him to make this happen is, like, a big part of it. It was kind of weird that the new film did not include that. But his backstory in the 2000 film is just fantastic. Oh, it's Him so good. Him as a baby good. is just so ugly, but so cute at the same time. <laughs> and, like, he's just eating mm-hmm. ceramic plates and... He has, like, a crush on 
you know, the cute girl in class. And she has a crush on him, too. Oh, my God, dude. I love so many things that I love about this movie. But, yeah, that's one of the best parts is, like, his crush on Martha May. And then, like, towards the end when he's, like, wrecking shit and when he, like, calls out the who's and everything, Martha May is, like, so hot for cringe. She's like, oh, his I muscles. <laughs> it's, like, so creepy almost how hot for him she is, especially when she is talking to Cindy Lou and, like, she's interviewing <laughs> her and she's yeah. being, like, so weird about him. And she's like, did I have a crush on the Grinch? No, not at all. And she's like, I didn't ask you that. She's just, like, a, a kid and she already knows, like... She's so good at being like, okay, well, this lady is, like, a little crazy here. (laughs) And that's why Martha May is still single. She's been holding out for the green guy. She's not single. She was getting a... Was she dating the mayor, or did he just propose to her out of nowhere? Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) I mean, like, dating a mayor is, like, does that really count as anything? Like, you're still single. Probably not. It's a politician. Because it was just, like, a status move kind of thing. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) He he was honestly dating his like little like assistant. Oh, probably. Or he, his assistant at least had a crush on him because he was like. Yeah, can we get like a spinoff film of all of the relationship drama between like, the the who's and the political who's? I would love that. I'd be into it. Of course you would. <laughs> I don't know if personally that's a film I would watch, but I would I would try my best. You know. Um. Actually. I, I don't know if I should be revealing this on the public podcast because who knows about potential trademarks and copyrights and film rights. So in the 2000 film live action, it starts off with like this switched stork backstory of the Grinch. There's like these two baskets flying through the air and the narrator is like, this is how the Grinch came to Whoville. Uh, the baskets carrying kids like bump and switch. Uh, so the Grinch goes to Whoville and... The human kid goes who knows where. And my dad, for the longest time, has told me, he's like, dude, you need to write the film about what happened to that human kid. And like, oh my god, the side story of like the human kid ends up in like Grinch world kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? That'd be fun. Yes. So anybody listening to this investor for this film, that's my idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can take this. Because we will show them the timestamp on this podcast. We're TMing it right now. As we speak. I'm just going to... Yes. There we go. Do you hear me typing? I'm definitely Casually applies for a trademark on the podcast. So another thing that is different about these two films, uh, these two adaptations, is the rhyming. And in the live action film with Jim Carrey, there's a lot of rhyming. Like the narrator has rhyming. Um, the Grinch even has lines of actual rhyming in the film and in the the animated film there's like next to nothing really yeah it's there's not a lot of rhyming which is weird because to me it seemed like the 2018 movie it it seems a lot more like it's for children than the 2000 movie because the 2000 movie makes like more jokes that are like for adults and it's like a little weirder it's a little more out there but The 2018 Mm -hmm. film seems very, like, they made the Grinch more, like, human-like. Like, Like his home looks more like an actual house. It's not like a cave. He doesn't eat trash. He eats actual food. 
So I felt like they tried to make it like more for kids, but then why would they take out the rhyming? Like, yeah, like that's the whole thing, right? Especially because this one too is also called Doctor Seuss's The Grinch. The 2018 film is like actually mm-hmm. branded as Doctor Seuss's The Grinch. So I just don't understand why they would take like a huge part of it away. Like in the 2000 film, a really good part is when he's like doing like a little monologue, and then he's like. I'm speaking in rhymes. Like, what have they done to me? (laughs) Which I think is so funny. Like, it's like a self-aware moment. But I've always loved Dr. Seuss, and I've always loved the rhyming, so that could be, like, a big thing behind it. I don't know. I have have no clue why they would choose to take that away, though. With what you're saying, I didn't really think about this until now, but along the lines of, like, that the newer film is geared towards a younger audience than the 2001 was, completely agree. And I feel like that is a huge reason of why... I feel like there's just a lot less in the story of this Grinch. Like, there's more moments, like little moments, but the 2000 movie has a lot more side story going on. Particularly something I want to talk about, Cindy Lou Who. Her whole story in this new one, you know, it's it's developed, it's cool, but I don't really feel like she has a lot of character development, and there's, like, next to no involvement with her and the Grinch until, like, the end, really. yeah. It was a super weird choice to make it to where, like, that's her Mm. entire thing. But I do really enjoy the story that they added in about her reason is because she wants, like, something good for her mom. She wants her mom to be happy. I think that's really cool. And I think that's another way it was really modernized is, oh, single mother, she has to take care of her kids. And, like, Mm -hmm. this kid is, like... I want my mom to be happy. I do think that was a really cool addition, but I just don't know why they took away so much of Cindy Lou's character in general. I would have liked to see her in The Grinch more, maybe, because she doesn't even really actually interact with The Grinch at the very end, because the only Mm -hmm. other scene they have, she thinks he's Santa. She doesn't know who he is, and, like, it doesn't give enough time for, like, The Grinch to have a character arc, either. Yeah, and that really changes the whole theme of these two Grinch films. Um, Because, you know, like you're saying, Cindy Lou in the animated film, um, her mom is like a a do-it-all superhero single mom. And that's part of her motivation of like, I need to talk to Santa. And that is like sort of the setup for this new Grinch film being more centered around family and the importance of family during Christmas. Whereas Cindy Lou's story in the live-action film, which again, is a lot more tied to Grinch and, like, believing in the goodness of the Grinch, believing that he deserves happiness, believing that we can, like, drag him out of this cave, literally, and, like, give him some joy in Christmas. That kind of ties into, like, the the greater theme of that Grinch movie, which I think more about believing in people. Like, believing, I think. You could say it in one word, believing. And... Obviously, there's also still an emphasis on family because you also have that whole side story of the Grinch's backstory. And, like, he has two moms and everything, basically, right? Like, they never really yeah, say it outright yeah. as a thing. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I don't know if they're, like, a thing. They probably are, honestly, because... Even, like, there's this little C or D plot going on with the the neighbors and they're like the best lights in town but it's like this passive aggressive kind of like unspoken competition thing um 
And, you know, even that feeds into like talking about how at the end of the day, it's like not about the commercialism of Christmas. It's not about the decorations. It's about family. So, you know, again, in this live action film, you get, I think, a lot more to what the meaning of Christmas is. Whereas, again, in the animated film, it really just centers around more like family. Yeah, I think the animated film, it lost a lot of the Grinch for me. Mm-hmm. There's just, they kind of lose his character, his like storyline. Like, yeah, he goes through and he steals Christmas, but it, I don't feel like he gets, like you get the full effect of the Grinch as you would in the 2000 movie. I almost would have liked to see this movie with Cindy Lou's storyline with her mom and like trapping Santa to try and like get her mom a good Christmas, make her happy. I would have liked to see that as just a completely different movie. I think that would have been a nice, cute Christmas Mm -hmm. movie, you know. I just don't feel like that story fit with the Grinch because it felt like when they were focused on that story, he was just very ignored. Like, it had nothing to do with him. And it's not Mm -hmm. like he he brought a resolution to that story either. Her mom just said, oh, I have the best gift, it's you. Which I felt like was super rude because she just said it was her and not her twin brothers. But, like, I also get because she was, like, they're babies and they're annoying. But, I, yeah, I just felt like there was such, like, a huge disconnect between Cindy Lou and the Grinch. And that's, like, the main part of the 2000 movie is she's like, hey, why are you doing this? You should be included. You deserve to have a good Christmas. Instead, in this movie, she's like, oh, my mom deserves a good Christmas, Santa. Can you give that to her? And then she's like, oh, you were the Grinch? It's okay, we forgive you. Come to dinner. And then the movie's over. And you're like, what? Yeah. There was no, like, relationship between them. Mm-hmm. And bouncing off that, because, again, you know, we have this podcast not to say that one movie is better than the other, but obviously I think we both agree that the live-action film had more to it and in in some ways was a better representation of how we all view the Grinch. But yeah, I think specifically in this time that we're in, I think the messaging of the 2000 movie is more important for our society today than the messaging of the 2018 movie. Because, you know, again, you have kind of like the classic Grinch messaging of like the importance of family and being with people and holiday cheer and that it's not about the commercialism. But yeah, you know, with this whole story with Cindy Lou, you get this understanding about like, there will be people who are different from you and who maybe aren't like as happy and cheerful as you, but they deserve happiness too. And like, they also have good in them. And that's, again, that's something I feel like we as a society need that messaging more because we're in such a divided time that maybe we need that big holiday reminder of like, hey, look. There are a lot of people who don't think the same things that you do and don't have the same views as you do, but there's good in everybody and we should be able to look at that, find that, and help grow that and try and just all get along and sing some carols. Yeah, I I do really love the message of the 2000 film. I love that. I love the whole idea behind everybody can get together and there can be joy and people can be celebrated and appreciated for who they are. And I think that that is like, it's just so sad that that was missed because in the new movie, I almost didn't feel like there was a message as much. They tried to make it the same message. Like, yeah, we didn't need the gifts for Christmas, whatever. But the weird part about the 2018 movie 
to me too that I noticed is people in the town know him. Like he comes down to the town. Like that one guy yeah. thinks that the Grinch is his best friend. Uh, Bricklebomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ruins the entire image of the Grinch altogether. In the 2000 film, they say the last time they saw him was when he climbed up into the mountain. Mm-hmm. Because, and then when he comes into the town, he wears a disguise. Like, he doesn't want people to know it's him. And the animated movie, he just walks down into the town with Max to get his normal people food. And he, <laughs> like, talks to people in the town. And he doesn't really, like, wreak havoc necessarily. And he, like, has, like, friends or people who think he's their friend. And I do think that that movie would have been a good movie if it wasn't a Grinch movie. Yeah. Because if you're going to take that much of the Grinch away, just don't make it a Grinch movie. They could have made a great movie about this little girl and her mom on Christmas. And I feel like a lot of people really would have loved it because it would have helped a lot of kids who are in that kind of situation where they live with a single parent and, like, Maybe they can't get as much for Christmas or like, you know, all these kids get all these gifts and you don't get as much. And because you like have a single parent, you have other siblings and they could have focused on the fact that it's not about the gifts. It's about having the family that you have. And like, yeah, it was really lost. It was kind of messy. Like both would have been great. I just don't feel like they work together. Obviously, I'm going to always be more partial to the movie. I've seen more like. The 2000 Grinch movie is literally my favorite Christmas movie. Like, hands down, it always has been. Like, animated kids' movies, I literally love animated kids' movies. Well, and and that's the thing, too, is this whole podcast talking about adaptations and kind of where we're on, we're talking about two different adaptations of the same um, original story. Anytime you make an adaptation or a sequel, whatever, something that's not fully original... As a creator, you have this kind of like back and forth between being like, how loyal to the source material do I want to be? And I will say something that I think I love about the 2018 movie is that they didn't just copy the 2000 movie. However, I do agree with you that it probably would have been better in this case if they did make it more like the 2000 movie. But it is commendable in and of itself that they did try and make it so different. They did try and make it their own version i will say for um, sure i i do yeah. always love when they try to give me a character that i know but give me a different story about it i love when they like try new things like that and i just feel like it needed a little bit more character like i needed the yeah. characters more and we could have had a great movie like in my opinion one of the best like character character arcs, character moments of this whole new Grinch film is Fred the Reindeer. And he's only like a very side story. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, so, he's the yeah. one that has like a breakthrough, a character arc to him. And mm-hmm. he's a character that's new to this movie. I was like, cool, add new characters. I love when they add new characters and they add like a new storyline. But I just want to see a movie where the characters are present. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't care if he was completely different. If that's the direction they wanted to go, that's cool. But just show me. Yeah, even like the grocery shopping, dude. You know, the that's what brings Grinch to Whoville originally in this animated film is he like needs to go grocery shopping. And there's, you know, kind of that cute little scene that everyone saw in the trailer where he's like, 
eating a pickle and he spits it out and puts it back and you know like all these like kind of funky little mischievous things but then in the live action film what brings him to whoville in the first place is he's like undercover and he's like messing with their mail he's giving them like blackmail and jury duty and there's that whole mischievous scene with the the mail sorter where cindy lou like almost dies (laughs) and so (laughs) yeah which is like and her dad doesn't even care yeah which and then also that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the fact that live action grinch is more mischievous yeah he really comes down to the town just to mess with people because mm-hmm. he was bored. He's like, I'm bored. I'm going to go down there and screw up a few people's day. And like when he comes back, he's like, yeah, Max, I agree. I could have done worse. But at least I scared a little girl. You can see mm-hmm. like he just wants to ruin these people's days. Mm-hmm. And it was like weird to where the 2018 film, he, it starts with him being like, oh, got to get groceries. And I'm like, who is this? This is just like some random middle-aged man. And he wears mm-hmm. pants that look like his skin. Apparently that was done um, to like, I guess, for lack of a better word, censor the Grinch for younger kids. I do get it. Because in the first or in the 2000 film, there's a few scenes, especially where it's just him and Cindy, where I'm like, he needs to put some clothes on, which <laughs> I get. But it was just so weird to watch him. Like, he could have just put on like actual pants. Instead, he had to put on pants that looked like his flesh yeah, in his hair, which was strange, super creepy. Like, where do you find those pants? Can you? It would be basically just like a human wearing a skin suit. Exactly. <laughs> like... I'm, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird that when he comes to the town, it's out of oh, an inconvenient trip for him. He just has to go get his groceries because... He did too much emotional eating and ate his food. I do like that they added that. They try to make him like relatable like the mm-hmm. 2000 Grinch. Because that Grinch just did so many funny things that I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like When he can't find what to wear and is like sitting in his room and he's like, I have all the company I need here. And he's like talking to the Echo. Like yes. everything about it, I'm like, this is hilarious. Talking to himself and then he's like getting mad and then he goes... I'm an idiot. And then the echo back says, you're an idiot. I That'll <laughs> never get old to me. That's so funny. It's so good. It's just like something about that Grinch that's like, it makes it more relatable, kind of. One thing that I do want to mention, I think, was like kind of a cool thing that they included with Grinch, although I feel like it should have been extended. But when they do have that quick moment about the Grinch's backstory in the animated film... Um, he's in the, the tree at the tree lighting ceremony and he like falls and he ends up in the crowd. And so everything's really bright and loud and, and he kind of gets triggered into this like anxiety attack because he has all this like trauma of being a lonely, sad orphan, which again, that's kind of like the only moment that we get about it. Oh, it was a lonely, sad orphan moving on. Like they don't really get into it, but I did think that that was cool that they kind of show very outright that like these specific things about the holiday literally trigger him into his um his like loneliness and anxiety and that's what feeds into his grinchness they definitely could have added more of that but also Mm -hmm. i do randomly love that scene everyone makes giant ornaments i think that is so cool (laughs) and i wish that was like an actual thing 
Mm-hmm. Like, I want to get a giant Christmas tree and have everyone make... Those ornaments were literally as big as them. <laughs> yeah. When they're walking down the hill, I had no clue what they were doing. I was like, what are these things? Mm-hmm. Like, are these their costumes? And then they bring them up, and I was like, that is a really cool idea, actually, that they all make a giant ornament. And so I like that he also blended in with them, kind of. Yeah. Because everything mm-hmm. on the tree was so big. So, like, nobody really saw him in there. It was just kind of... It was kind of like he was by himself in the crowd reacting to it. So it was that was a really cool scene. I did like that a lot. I honestly forgot about it. Yeah, and they don't... There's not too much payoff with it. It kind of just gets back into the classic Grinch story. It doesn't really expand on it. Whereas it did in the live action in a different way. Yeah, and I liked that they could show kind of both because... And not everyone reacts to things the same way. Like, if anyone has some sort of trauma in their life, they might not react to it the same way that someone else would. And so it's cool to show two sides of the same coin. Like, both of these characters, they're both the Grinch, they both hate Christmas, and it's both... Mm -hmm. They both have had something happen in their past that makes them not like Christmas. (laughs) You don't hate Christmas just because you hate this random guy on the street you don't know. But, like... Mm -hmm. so i have i only have one trivia question for you okay good because i didn't study (laughs) good for you cindy luhu what color was the grinch in dr seuss's original children's book um i believe that the grinch was uh, he was actually just white wasn't he he wasn't filled in i believe he was just an outline so he was the color of the page. Mm-hmm. Would be white or he like was, a cream. Yeah, like black and white. White and you know black just from like the the detailing outlines. of the outlines. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I only know that because I watched a grown woman read to me like a child on a YouTube video. Read me the book. So <laughs> if I wouldn't have watched that, then I probably would have said green because. I don't know where they came up with that then. They just... Yeah, I didn't look into it too much. All I know is that the first time the Grinch was green was in the 1966 movie. Um, And then that kind of carried it over. uh, And Ron Howard, who directed the Jim Carrey live action, kept with it because he wanted his Grinch movie to be more of a close adaptation to the 1966 movie. With, of course, differences. Yeah, so... And, of course, since then, Grinch has been green. And there's been, as far as I know, there's been no story explanation, no real explanation of why Grinch is green as opposed to anything else. But it just, you know, it works perfect because it's one of the Christmas colors. Exactly. If he wasn't green, like if they made the 2018 movie and he wasn't green, I would be so uncomfortable. I probably wouldn't be able to watch it because I'd be (laughs) like, who is this character? So, I mean, I get why they stick with it because... The character has to be recognizable, at least. Oh, and then another quick side fun fact that I have is over back in 2000, again with the live action, Tim Burton was in talks to direct, but couldn't because he had scheduling conflicts with another project. Uh, That would have been really cool, actually. Right? It would have been weird, but very cool. Especially, like, is Jim Carrey still in it or is he doing, like, stop motion? Oh my god. Well, I'm assuming it would have been live action, but... Because if he did stop motion, oh my gosh, that would be so cool. I love that. And it's weird because I'm not actually a huge fan of, like, claymation. I It creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Depending on 
who does it? Nightmare Before Christmas, I love. Like, I love the style. I love everything about it. But, like, Wallace and Gromit, that's claymation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't stand it. I can't watch it. It makes me, like, outwardly react. I couldn't do it. Nightmare Before Christmas has, like, the spooky vibe to it. So it's, like, less, Mm -hmm. like, jarring, I guess. Isn't The Corpse Bride also claymation? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I really like that movie, too. So I guess it's just only when it's spooky, it's fine. <laughs> you know, you're not the first person that I've heard that from. And I would hypothesize that part of the reason people could view stop motion as creepy is because of just, like, the the way that it presents motion. In normal live-action movies and stuff, there's 24 frames per second, or 30, or 60, depending on what you're watching. <laughs> but anyways, so it is close enough to like how we see the world that it just feels normal. Right. But like in stop motion, it's same, but there's less of like, there's no like motion blur into it, like embedded into it. Mm-hmm. So there are gaps in the motion because you have just picture, 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 and there's no anything in between. So yeah, almost, I would think that it would be kind of like watching an insect because the way that insects move are similarly kind of like, jarring movement that's true so much work goes into it and i've always like appreciated that fact of it like i know that like that takes so long and it's so much and i don't know if it's maybe just the characters just the way their faces look too don't help it in like some of them Mm -hmm. the way they make their characters but i feel like if the grinch was stop motion or claymation i would enjoy it actually I have, a, I have a couple of Christmas-themed questions for you. One that I told you about and one that I didn't tell you about. So first of all, um, what would you say is your favorite Christmas movie? Um, my favorite Christmas movie is literally The Grinch. So whenever, when you asked me to do The mm-hmm. Grinch with you, I was like, this is perfect. I love this movie. I honestly love a lot of Christmas movies. I watch like all of the stupid Hallmark Christmas movies. Like mm-hmm. I could sit there and watch them all day, even though they have the exact same plot. And I do know that, like I know they're exactly the same movie and they're all kind of terrible, but I still love them. Yeah. So like I could sit and watch Christmas movies all day, but the Grinch has like always been one of my favorites because I just like the, the like humor to it. And like the entire movie isn't like just heartwarming it's a different like variety to it. Like it's not exactly like every other Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. I like that. He like hates Christmas. Like that's, it's weird to say that your favorite Christmas movie is about a character who hates Christmas, (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's always just been my favorite. Second would probably be like, probably like Santa Claus with uh tim allen even though oh those are so good those movies are just great the third one is great i love jack frost's character i think he's really good martin short i think is who does that Mm -hmm. that series is just like fun and it's different like (laughs) like he literally kills santa so then he becomes him (laughs) like i could watch it all year round but i have to stop myself because people would think i had a problem (laughs) people would just judge you so much I would judge you. Right. Oh, I'm sure you would because you're the Grinch. <laughs> exactly. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, you know what? Yeah. My favorite Christmas movie is Jingle All the Way. The Arnold oh Schwarzenegger my gosh, one. Yes. Because also, this is just kind of like a side thing. My dad really likes action films, specifically a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger films. So 
I kind of watching that as a kid, like somewhat associated like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the dad, as kind of my dad. And he's just like, <laughs> it's like an adorable Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like he's not this like big buff guy. I mean, he is still, but he's like just a dad and just like kind of messing up and he's bumbling through the mall chasing a toy and then he becomes the toy he's a superhero dad it's so cool i love that it movie. is really cool it's i mean it has the same charm as like the tooth fairy where Dwayne the rock johnson this huge guy is <laughs> yeah. like in this role that makes no sense but like all of those movies have like this quality to them where you're like this is so weird they're just this big guy and that's all they've known for or like they always are like in action things or like the rock was in like wrestling mm -hmm. but then they're just in this like character where they have like they're around children and they have to be all like sweet and it's like so funny it always is just like those are great so i mm -hmm. get it that's a really it's a good movie too so my last christmas question what is your favorite christmas song Christmas. What is your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> Did you just become five years old? Yeah, I guess so. It's just the spirit of the holiday. Speaking of that very quickly, mm -hmm. did you know that, so in the book, Cindy Lou is two years old? Yeah. Oh, you know what? We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird to me. But then in 2000 movie, she's probably like, I would give her like five or six, maybe. Oh, older than that. I feel like older right? than that. I would I would think she's like maybe ten. I don't know. I don't know. It's so <laughs> it's weird to me because of like how cute her face is, but like all of the Who's kind of look like that, where they make like the nose is like pink, the highlight on it, and it's very like cutesy looking. So I don't know. We'll agree she's like eight. Right. Go in the middle. <laughs> she's definitely older than two. And in the 2018 film, I have absolutely no clue how old she is. I could not give you a guess. Because she has that giant head, but her body's <laughs> tiny. And she has these baby brothers that, like, I don't feel like they're much smaller than her. But she's also, like, out here, like, plotting to, like, trap Santa. So, like, they never address her age. So she, I'm guessing she's got to be, like, 10. Fun fact on the concept of young Cindy Lou wanting to kidnap Santa. When I was a kid, I want to say I was, like, 8 or 9. I had a plan to try and catch Santa in the act. Because my family had, like, a VHS camera that should tell you how old I am. I'm, like, mid-20s. Of we course. We freaking VHS camera. But I was, like, so intent. I was, like, okay, I'm going to leave the camera out, like, under the chair. I'm going to press record, and it'll record all night, which was stupid because that amount of storage did not exist back then, especially on a VHS exactly. Uh But anyways, yeah, I was going to try and catch Santa on camera, and I didn't because I fell asleep, but... <laughs> Right. I tried to do sort of what Cindy Lou tried to do, minus the, you know, human trafficking part. Yeah, but she, <laughs> she <laughs> rigged up, like, an entire trap with a cookie. Like, like he goes to grab the cookie. I'm like, this is, like, a grown man. He can't see that giant string attached to it. Mm -hmm. And then he's just hanging from the ceiling fan, which would have for sure ripped out of there, but... Well, but even the kid who was the test Santa in their little group, there was like a kid who was like the test Santa and he was like, ho, 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 here I go to take a cookie. And he's like, that little kid was like, there's a giant string attached. I can see the string. Right. And then the other kids are like, it'll be dark. I don't know how old she is in 
all I know is how old she is in the book, and she's two, which is so weird, because she walks out and, like, has a full conversation with Santa, which, like, when I was two, I was having full conversations, mm-hmm. which explains a lot about who I am now. Yeah. I am Damn. just talk a lot, but... <laughs> So, like, I could see me walking out at two years old and, like, having a conversation with Santa and, like, he he gives her, like, a drink and she goes back to bed. If I get why they didn't keep her two, because it it wouldn't have made any sense in the 2000 film if she was two years old. She couldn't do all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. She legit climbs the mountain and just (laughs) breaks into his home. She's still a young child and she's like, what even is Christmas anymore? (laughs) Like, that's her entire song, Where Are You Christmas, is like, what is Christmas all about? And I'm like, dude, you're a kid. And that song is one of my two least favorite Christmas songs. Going back to the question, that song of like, where are you Christmas? Hate it. And the other song, that's like a classic Christmas song. Santa Baby. (laughs) No, that one's okay. The Christmas Shoes one, where there's like this little kid (gasps) and he's like, what? Sir, I want to buy these shoes. I fucking hate that song okay that offends me deeply like the where are you christmas i get but christmas shoes are you kidding i mean not to be a grinch but it is promoting like capitalism and just the terrible healthcare system that we have and it's like this this kid's mom has cancer or whatever is dying and this kid wants to get him shoes her some shoes god i can't even talk (laughs) on my own podcast but it's just I don't know. It just, it seems stupid to me. Like, why wouldn't you, she's not going to care about shoes. Like, go hug your mom. Go spend time with your mom. Don't fucking buy her a goddamn pair of shoes. And don't make me cry with this stupid song. Right. But you have to think about it this way, Kim, right? The kid doesn't have that same thought process. Kids aren't like, oh, my mom wouldn't want shoes because it's just like a materialistic thing he wants to just do something nice for his mom he wants to get her a present that'll make her so excited and she'll look so good when she meets jesus tonight (laughs) i agree that the child should be with his mom while she's on her deathbed if she's literally dying tonight right (laughs) and he and who let this kid go to the store by himself without like any money to buy shoes But at the same time, I get the gesture and the song will still make me cry every time. So what is your favorite Christmas song? I know I started it by saying I like the Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch, because it's not a very Christian song, right? But my favorite Christmas song Mm -hmm. is Mary Did You Know. Oh my God. Hypocrite. (laughs) Uh, Okay, look. (laughs) I know I'm a hypocrite. I always have been, always will be. It's a specific version of the song, too. It's the Pentatonix version. Oh, if you've yes. Heard that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I literally can sit there and play that the entire day, and I wouldn't even care. Something about those, like, harmonies and just, like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's such a weird favorite Christmas song. It's not one of the most popular Christmas songs, for sure. <laughs> I got, like, tired of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I can only hear rocking around the Christmas tree so many times and then I'm bored. Okay. I'm like, I get what we're doing here. But then also when people make new Christmas songs, I don't ever think they're good. I'm like, just stick to the classics. So again, it's Mm -hmm. me being a hypocrite. I just love that song. I think it's great. Nice. But my least favorite Christmas song is Santa Baby. Literally makes me like nauseous. (laughs) 
please do not sing about Santa like he's your sugar daddy, okay? He's not. <laughs> and, like, I get it. it. That song is almost, like, the most relevant, probably, now than it ever has been. Ooh, yep. She's just thirsting after Santa. Exactly. But Santa? This man doesn't even have money. He gives away toys for free. Yeah, and he's busy 365 days of the year. Yeah, he's literally always busy. And he has a wife, so... Yeah, ooh, Dan, you make a good point. Very valid point. He's he's taken. Don't be a homewrecker. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that to Mrs. Claus. She sits there and she makes you dinner. I'm sure every day you get home late from the workshop. Okay? She's making you cookies. She probably goes and feeds them reindeer. I bet she runs the whole damn business. I bet that Santa is just like hundred percent the image. He's just the face. Yeah, yeah. Hands down, uh, Mrs. Claus should be promoted. If anything, thirst after Mrs. Claus. Like, okay, mm. I'm writing a song right now. <laughs> it's 2020. It's about goddamn time. Someone wrote a song about Mrs. Claus being a sugar mama. Yeah, I will write it, and then when we do our follow-up podcast after you make your Grinch movie... We'll premiere it. Honestly, like, my song my song can be in your movie if you really want to. Oh, can it be, like, the title track? <laughs> I mean, it can, but then what kind of movie are you making? <laughs> it's, a, it's a wild one, man. I can't say any spoilers, because you're just going to have to wait. Oh, that's true. Until I write it. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about the details after, so, you know, I can, like cater the song to the movie i i wanted to ask you the christmas song question because i wanted to tell everyone my favorite christmas song because i don't think this song gets nearly enough hype it's the weird al yankovic christmas at ground zero song that is just oh my gosh absolute fire i listened to it five times today it's so good it just basically tells the tale of a christmas during nuclear war and it's like this upbeat catchy little bop and it makes me so happy only you would have a weird (laughs) al song as your favorite christmas song no hate to weird al because back in my day me and my cousin we used to make like music videos to the weird al songs so like Mm -hmm. i cannot say anything about it i would love to watch no i will not i will not (laughs) send them to you i automatically knew i don't have them which is a good thing because i don't ever need to watch them Mm -hmm. Like, I guess. I don't actually know if I've heard that one. Oh, please listen to it, because really, it's just beautiful. It's like the complete opposite of the Christmas Shoes song, because the Christmas Shoes song is just, like, too real and hard, and the music (laughs) reflects that. But then Christmas at Ground Zero is real and hard, but the tune is just so, like, flowery and cute. And you You just bop to it. And you're like, yeah, we're all gonna die. The Christmas song spectrum is Christmas shoes on one end, and then on the the far (laughs) other end is Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al, and like everything else is just between them. Exactly. We should should make a mixtape to accompany the podcast when we premiere this of all the songs we're mentioning, and people are just going to go from one to the other and be like, how? This is such a different vibe. We love that. (laughs) And yeah, do you have any other closing thoughts about the Grinch? I don't think so. I mean, the Grinch is like such a great character. I think he's like so funny. And 
I think everybody should go watch The Grinch after this and just enjoy yourself with a nice cup of hot chocolate, which I have had and have been sipping on this entire time, of course. You know, enjoy enjoy the time with the people that you love. It's not about the presents, but I will post my um, Amazon wish list in the Instagram, <laughs> you know, just in case anyone wants to send me a little something. You're so selfish. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just have been talking about the Grinch for so long. I'm becoming him. Good. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kim. Yeah, anytime, man. Thank you for being here. Well, it sounds like that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Movie Theater Butter, a Till Kim Productions podcast edited by Kevin Matthew Keeling of Take the World. If you have a free moment, we'd really appreciate if you like or follow the podcast from wherever you're listening. It'll really help us grow our audience and be able to continue making episodes for you guys. You can also follow us on Instagram for monthly episode schedules, extra content, and even surprise video episodes. All right, all right, I'm done. See you next episode.